Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5. This is Lesson 20. We are going to pick up where we left off. We looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, where the Apostle Paul again said, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Follow anything that makes you want to do right. Pursue faith and love and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And it is only as we learn to approach God with pure hearts will we be able to love one another in the same way? Especially since the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse, verses 22 and 23, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth uh, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, I really like that, in sincere love, amen? He says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Notice, love one another fervently with a pure heart. That's where love can flow from. And love should flow from. Amen? There's a lot of stuff going on today. Um, and I don't want to really go, go into it too much. But you know, there are people that say, oh, I love you. And then they, they abuse that relationship and abuse the partner and everything else in the guise of love. I'm only doing that because I really love you. It's like, that's twisted love. That's not coming from this place. That's messed up. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And that's when we begin to understand where God's love comes from and where you know, demonic love can come from. There is a demonic love out there and it's all messed up and you don't want that. Amen. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's move on. So verse 23 says, having been born again. Now notice again, this is the key. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. See, in other words, he's saying that people that have that kind of messed up love are people that are born of corruptible seed. But you have been born of incorruptible seed, which is a very powerful thing. That's why, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, therefore if any, anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All the old things have passed away. And it says, behold, look and see, all things are new. And I love the next word, it says, all things are of God. Really wish they'd included that, <laughs> okay, in that verse, because they really needed to. Because you need to understand that we are born of incorruptible seed. There is something very special that happened to us when we were born again. It wasn't a religious experience. It was a real thing that happened. Something actually happened inside of you. Okay? And because of that thing that happened on the inside, you, you, know, you sort of turn from being this, this little metallic thing to this other thing that is no longer influenced by magnetic or you know, evil forces and things like that. That whole power was lost. The devil lost power over you. The only power that he has over you now is the power you give him. Amen. And you need to realize that. You know, that, that something incredible is going on inside of you. And it is that that we are now focusing on. And it's saying that the reason that you are this way is because you were born of incorruptible seed. That tells us something. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready for this? We can't blame our parents da, 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 for all the problems in our life. We could do that before we got born again. After we were born again, we are now, we come from incorruptible seed. Spiritually, there is something inside of you that will override all your natural tendencies and all the things that your parents gave you that were, uh, what's a good word, nice way of saying it, um, uh, undesirable. 
<laughs> okay? Not the best thing, <laughs> alright? Okay? And, and you can't say, well, I'm just like my father. He was, okay, don't do that, because now you're like your father, God. Hallelujah. And if you put that into motion, it will work. It will work. Amen? Okay, hallelujah. And you know what? Can I just say this? It, we need to do that for our kids. They don't need to, you know, have to fight through all the things we had to fight through. Because, you know, whatever our parents or grandparents or whatever did, that, that got put on us. Can we gift them? Something that they can watch and go, wow, this is the way it should be. So that they're not having to fight against, oh gosh, I know dad was that way, and I, I can't be, that's bad, I, I mustn't be that way, okay? Maybe if we could give them something, they go, wow, dad's this way, I want to be that way too. Wouldn't that be a beautiful gift to give our kids? That's why we fight. Amen? It's not just for ourselves. So that the next generation will become even better. And then they can be outstanding parents to their gen- the next generation after them. Hallelujah. And maybe there will be a generation that's just absolutely glory from head to toe. Praise God. Amen. I'm still fighting for this one now. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see. All right. So again, he says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. One of the most defining characteristics of a person with a pure heart is their openness and honesty about their own sins and struggles, and as a result are able to deal openly and mercifully with others. Can I take a moment with that? You know, one of the things that we need to be really careful of is we're not, we're not those people that are holier than thou. <laughs> okay? We're kind of, you know, oh yes, yes, I never make a mistake. Hey, man, we all make mistakes. We just, you know, and can I just say this? If you can admit that to yourself, then the next time somebody makes a mistake, you'll treat them the way you want God to treat you every time you mess up. Amen? And, and that's the thing. The Pharisees never admitted their mistakes. Listen now. All right? That's why they would go and they would pray, Oh, thank God I'm not like that person. The tax collector. I do this and this and this and this and this. And you know what? Somebody needed to be saying to them, and you list them. And you think that highly of yourself, and you are judging. And you are sinning right now on so many levels, we can't even count. Hello. Amen. Anyway. So, the more open we are, with ourselves and our own sins and our own struggles, the more compassionate, I believe, we should be with others as well and can be. One of the most interesting things about the heart is what Jesus brings out, I'm over the page, in Luke chapter 6 verse, and verse 45, where he says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I have never seen so much in a verse of scripture as I see in that scripture now. I begin to understand, the more I begin to understand that what I started this whole thing with, that while the world focuses on the mind, God focuses on the heart. Now, the part that the mind plays is, 
Romans chapter 12. I've preached a whole series on that. You know, renewing the mind. Because that's where you're transformed. But you need to understand that the heart is where the power comes from. Amen? That's why it says, you know, be not... Con- I'll just tell you <laughs> if you want to know what Romans 12 says. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew of your mind. That, yeah, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? So, that's, so we know that there is a very important side to our mind being renewed. And right now your mind is being renewed. But I need you to understand, your mind is being renewed so that your heart is able to work the way it needs to work. So that it is un- unencumbered by thoughts and, and divided thoughts, double-mindedness, all of those sort of things, that then leads to a double heart, which means you, know you don't know which way to go, because your heart is torn in two different directions. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we, we want to be single-minded and therefore single-hearted, because it's only then that we can start to do this. Now, I want you to notice something here, and I want to bring your attention to this now, draw attention to this. Notice it says, out of a, a good man or a good woman, out of the good treasure of his or her heart. What is the treasure in your heart? The treasure in your heart, if I had time I would have gone through this, is what's, you know, the best example of treasure in your heart can be seen, or how you get treasure in your heart, is in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. Remember again it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Yeah? Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Remember all of that? Because your eyes and your ears deposit things in your heart. That's where your treasure begins to build. That's why Jesus says, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you look at. If things are motivating you towards faithlessness, get away from those things. Even if it's religious. You know, sometimes I think it's safer just to watch some good old secular movies then listen to some stuff out there that's in relig- you know that's under the guise of christianity because they talk you out of things you really you know i'm serious and you just have to be careful that those things they are taking treasure out of your heart you make sure that whatever you're listening to puts treasure in your heart amen because jesus says something very powerful very important here he says that whatever treasure in your heart... No, watch again, okay? He says, a good man or woman out of the good treasure of his or her heart brings forth good. In other words, what's in your heart will end up in your life. So if you look at your life and you're not happy with it, check to see what's in your heart. Because wherever you are right now has come from there. Notice the next thing. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. Whatever evil is in people's lives, alright, whatever is present, that is not a blessing, has come from a heart, that has that treasure in it. It's interesting, isn't it? They're both called treasures. Do you know why? Because when things get to the place where they're in your heart, it means that you are treasuring them. Do you get that? That's why you have to be so careful what you let through your eyes and your ears into your heart. Because you will treasure them and out of that treasure will come all the things in your life. Amen? And then he goes, and it's very interesting, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth 
speaks. Do you understand if you took this scripture and you tied it together with Mark 11.23, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he or she says. Do you get that? You see, this treasure causes you to speak things out. When things are coming out of your heart, things on the outside start to move. Things begin to change in your life. Are you all with me? So if you had a good treasure in your heart, then the things that start coming out, that start manifesting in your life, will be good things, will be blessings. Hallelujah. If there's things that are not good, and you know, evil can be anything. You know, when we think of evil, it, remember when he talked about the ten spies that came back? Remember how when Joshua and Caleb went with the, the twelve spies, ten, you know, two came back with, we can do this. Ten came back with what the Bible, I, I really like the King James on that one. It says it, it, they came back with an evil report. We can't do this. Did you hear what I said? So evil can be even unbelief because you're not trusting God. And out of the evil treasure, you'll produce things. Are you all with me? All right, let's move on. This verse shows us that the heart is the production center of both good and evil. Therefore, the purer your heart, the better the treasure that you will bring forth. Did you get that? Amen? It is a fact of life that there are times we will all fall short in one way or the other. And the best remedy for that is 1 John 1. And I talked about this before where the Apostle John shares one of the keys to remaining pure in heart. And that is if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Now, do you understand again, and just a quick review, you understand faithful and just? We understand that Jesus is faithful to His Word. Okay, whatever He says, He will do. But do you understand justice demands, because He died on the cross, and the price was paid, justice demands that you are restored. Get it? So He is both faithful to His Word, and justice prevails over. Every time you confess your sin... It could have taken the devil 20 years to get you to do that thing. Okay, You've been working and working and working and did everything and brought all the things in your way. And I mean, he just orchestrated everything. And after 20 years, he gets you to do it. And you come to this church and you hear about 1 John 1.9. And in two seconds you go, Oops, I messed up. Sorry God. And that's the end of it. And he goes about 20. It goes, goes, God goes, shut up. Justice demands. See the cross? Remember what you did? <laughs> he gets to go free. She gets to go free. But 20, yep, that's your waste. End of story. Do you see the power in this? Hallelujah. <coughs> that's why it says, if we confess our sins, and isn't that the whole problem? If we confess, if we acknowledge, you know, okay, just do it. I keep... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how many other ways to say this. He's <laughs> faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. Do you understand that means that you are restored to a place of perfect righteousness, which means that you are back to a place of pure, pure in heart, as far as God's concerned. That's why it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Okay, and it goes on to say, if you walk in the Spirit, not after the flesh. Eh, please do that too. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. It is only as we continually purify our hearts before God through confession of sin will we ever be able to see or perceive God and even be heard by Him. That's what Psalm 66 and verse 18 reveals when it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The more you hang on to things, the more you separate yourself from God. The more you separate yourself from being um, redeemed, restored, and blessed. The more you keep yourself in harm's way. Because the longer that the devil can keep you there, the longer he can do harm to you. That's why the Apostle John, you know, I really love his, uh, his analogy. The way he says, come into the light. As he is in the light. We need to be in that light. It's a safe place to be. Amen? Amen. Only a forgiving, pure heart will receive God's forgiveness and blessing. That's the reason Jesus says in Mark 11, verses 25 and 26, I was quoting verse 23 to you before, but it says, and when you stand praying, forgive. Notice, he doesn't say, when you stand praying, if it's okay, and if it's not too much to ask, could you please forgive? It simply says, forgive. Okay, all right. If you have anything against anyone, I mean that is anything, little and big. Oh, but that's so small. Better not get in the way of your blessing, especially if it's small. Can we get rid of those things? Okay, it, says, it talks about the little foxes that spoil the vine, you know. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But, verse 26, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, it's really interesting. We need to be careful how we read this. This isn't saying that God will not forgive you. What this is saying is that when you put yourself in a certain position, you, remember I told you, you separate yourself from God. You separate yourself from being forgiven. He can only forgive you if you come to Him. Notice it's the Apostle John... You know, it's really interesting what he doesn't say. You know what he doesn't say? And can I bring this out now a little bit here? He, what he doesn't say, I'm talking about purity of heart, okay? He doesn't say that if we confess sins that are not too bad. You know, like if there are things that are forgivable sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all that. It doesn't, what it's not what it says. As much as Jesus says you forgive, do you know what he's saying? That's the way God forgives. It doesn't matter how big you messed up and how massive your sin is. And, you know, it took 25,000 angels to clear that mess up. If you confess it, if you acknowledge it, that's the end of it. You're with me. And he asks the same of us. Because we can't carry things around on the inside, unforgiveness, and expect God to forgive us. Do you all get this? Okay. Because if we refuse to forgive, we put ourselves in darkness. Get it? And while we're in the darkness, then we can't receive forgiveness. 
That's why God says, come to the light. And to come to the light, you can't bring darkness into the light. Have you ever noticed when you put the lights on, there's not a little darkness that hangs around and goes, I'm resisting. <laughs> it never happens. All right? It's funny how the light just drives away the darkness. And that's the problem. If you hang on to your darkness, then you'll be driven away. Do you get this? That's the sense from which this is coming. And you need to understand that. Again, we have English. We're not reading Greek here. Okay, so you know, that's why you have to be careful. People have made doctrines out of this, and they've done it from the English translation, not from the Greek. And please, you know, don't do that. I keep telling people not to do that. But you need to understand that our um, willingness to forgive allows God to forgive. And our unwillingness to forgive, I'm just putting this in you know, terms that you can understand, stops God from forgiving us. It stops Him. Isn't that interesting? Amen? Having a pure heart before God is one of the key elements to take in communion as well. That's the reason the Apostle Paul says that we should examine ourselves before we eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And goes on to say in verses 29 through 31, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. That's really... Uh, what's a good word here? That is serious. Okay? See, if you eat and drink judgment to yourself, it means that you know, bad things happen to you. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, you open yourself up to things that you shouldn't open yourself up to. And in doing a right thing the wrong way, it can have the exact opposite effect of what it should have. Communion is meant to set you free. Communion is meant to establish that there is a covenant between you and God. Communion is meant to establish the fact that Jesus died and paid a price. His body and His blood paid a price. Both of those things. That's why we, you know, we, we, we eat the body, we drink the blood, so to speak. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Both of those things. Okay? And so, those things are meant to establish a covenant in our life, so that the devil can't come in there and do whatever he wants. That covenant is brought back up and said, remember. And that's what we remember. We remember what he did, and the devil remembers what he did. And why he can't lord it over us. Amen? Alright. So, again it says here, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So there is a, there is a place where we can walk you know, in a kind of freedom, as long as we keep judging ourselves. Notice it said, didn't say judge anybody else. Amen. You know, we go back to the Pharisee and the tax collector. What did the tax collector do? Judged himself. Remember that? He said, I'm not worthy. He beat his chest. And he said, God, I'm not worthy. And Jesus said, that guy got justified. (laughs) That guy went home justified. He was cleansed. He was forgiven. He dropped dead right now. He'll go to heaven. This other one who paraded his righteousness would go straight to hell. Religious and all. Which is why it said that there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth because they're not going to expect it. Therefore, if we purify our hearts through confession of sin and being brutally honest with ourselves, then our faith, prayers, giving, communion, and so on will work. 
and actually mean something to God. Amen? What's more, we will enjoy God's blessings and gain great wisdom and insight into God Himself. And as Jesus promises in Matthew 5.8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen? A pure heart is the key to not only a pure life, but a powerful life as well. It's going to take us a while to get to this place, okay? So don't fret uh, and, and you know, don't think, oh my Lord, that's just don't. Because every step, every journey begins with that first step. I need to teach these things to you so you will take those first steps. And it's little things. Like I said, just get to the place where you're brutally honest with yourself. Get to the place where every time you mess up, you go straight to God. You confess your sin, you acknowledge it. That, be- that begins the process of this cleansing. Amen? And it also lets, you know, you're letting yourself know as well that there are things that you are doing that are still not right. And you're not justifying them. That is a huge thing. If you don't justify them, then you're open to be forgiven of them, cleansed and restored. The world is learning more and more how to justify themselves for what they are. And, well, I'm just this way and I'm just that way. And you know what they're doing? They're going deeper and deeper into hell. Seriously. And the government is is saying yes to all of it. And that's what's really sad. So, you know, we're getting to the place in time when not all law is right. We're getting to the place where God's law is starting to separate from, from common law, so to speak. And we really need to keep with God's law. And we need to be careful what we allow into our heart and what we allow ourselves to believe. Because everybody else is believing it, well, why shouldn't we? We need to be careful that we don't go down that road. Amen? We need to be tolerant. We need to not judge. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said that's reserved for God and God alone. And we cannot judge, still be loving, and still be separate. And we need to be all those things. And then we'll be blessed because we're pure in heart. And we will see God. Amen? And we'll see Him smiling down on us. And nodding in approval. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for this word. We thank you, Father, for all the the wisdom that we are receiving right now, especially in these times that we live in. It's important, Father, that we understand your word, that we understand how to put this word to, to work in our life. And how we can be generous, how we can be forgiving, how we can be non-judgmental and yet live a pure life. Hallelujah. How, can we, how we can be in this world, but not of this world. And still be an example to all those around us who might be looking for you, who might come to their senses one day and realize they need you. And there was a beacon of light there that never changed, that didn't judge, continued to love, and always had open arms when somebody was willing to turn back around and say they made a mistake. Hallelujah. And I thank you, God, that we are those people and that we will be those kind of people, pure of heart, that you are pleased with. We give you all the praise and the glory for everything that you are revealing to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.